Welcome to the Faith on Fire podcast, where faith comes alive and connects with everyday life. I'm your host, Steve. And I'm Oreo. And this is episode five, and today we want to share with you a short video clip where Oriole presents what many have called the greatest story ever told. Watch this. Imagine a young man in Israel around the time of Christ. Uh, his father is a prosperous farmer. And this young man, he has a good life. He has a job, he works hard, he has everything that he needs. But you know, he finds his life dull, he finds it boring, he's restless like a lot of people. And he wants to get out, spread his wings and enjoy life. Well, he comes to his father one day and he's, he's the younger of two sons. And when his father dies, he's going to get a third of the inheritance, everything that his wealthy father owns. And he comes to his father and he says, Father, I don't want to wait until you're dead. I want what's coming to me now because I want to have fun. I want to enjoy my life and I want to get out there and do what everyone else is doing. So his father, amazingly, though he didn't really have to, he decides to give his son what he asks. So he gives him perhaps livestock, perhaps buildings and land. And the young man takes all that inheritance and though the father would have gotten an income uh, from all of that, he sells it, converts it into cash and he journeys to a country far away from Israel where there's nobody that he knows and his goal is to have pleasure, to be far from perhaps the eyes of his family, his father and people who know him and he's going to have fun. Well, he takes that money and he lives a wild life. He is partying and he spends his money on prostitutes, on alcohol and all of these things. And for a while, he's having a lot of fun. He's got a lot of friends. But the Bible says that he comes to a point where he literally doesn't have enough money to eat. Okay, he's that hard up and he finds himself having to stoop to become a, a, a servant to a pig farmer in that country. And he's so poor, he has nothing to eat. No one will give anything to him. And he's actually envying the slops that the pigs are eating uh, in the pig trough. And he's there uh, day after day, and you can imagine how he is just feeling so awful. He's embarrassed. He's ashamed. You know, here was his big break to go and make his mark on the world and it's ended in tears. And he begins to think about it and he, it, the Bible says he comes to himself. Oh, that is such a powerful thing. That moment where he realizes, what am I doing? Uh, you know, he thinks of his father's servants. His father was a good master and took care of his servants. His servants had bread more than they needed. They had more resources than they needed. And he said, you know, I should go back home to my father. And he says, he recognizes, I need to come to my father. I need to say, sorry, you know, father, I've sinned not only against you, but I've sinned against heaven. And I'm not worthy even to be called your son. Just hire me as one of your servants. You're so good to the servants uh, that work for you. And so, he takes that journey and he heads back. Now think of the dad. The dad has been just treated badly. I mean, 
by asking for the inheritance, this son has basically said, Dad, I wish you were dead. Um, he has squandered a third of this man's assets that he's worked all his life for. And really, he's treated his dad with spite. And we would expect the dad to be angry uh, as, he, as the son comes back, uh, perhaps to reject him and say, listen, you had your chance, get lost, you know. He was fully within his rights to disown the son, but here's what happens. He's, the son is journeying towards the homestead and the father sees him a great way off. You can imagine this old man looking off in the distance and he sees that son coming. And while the son is still a great way from the homestead, the dad runs and he wraps his arms around his son and kisses him and says, son, I'm so glad that you've come home. And as they come back together uh, towards the house, he says to the servants, he says, you know, kill the fatted calf. There was an animal that it was kept for special occasions. And they killed that animal. They had a celebration, a feast. And the father welcomed that son back into the home. He says, bring forth the best robe. Bring forth uh, a, a special ring that shows my authority and put it on his hand because the father was glad to see him he withheld from him no honor and you know that picture is a picture of God and his love for sinners for us as human beings who fail who are fallen and who sin and the story goes on to tell about the older brother now the older brother he was going to get the other two-thirds of the assets of the father but the older brother was angry and he was angry for this reason he sees this son who'd been foolish who had lived a debauched a sinful life and how when he comes back and he's treated the father spitefully he comes back and the older brother is angry because that younger brother is welcomed with acceptance with joy even with celebration and finally, uh, the father comes out to talk to the older brother. And the brother said, you know, dad, I've been so good to you. I have always, you know, tried to do what you asked me to do. And you never gave me uh, an animal to uh, have a feast with my friends. And he wouldn't come into the feast. But this is one of the most amazing stories that was ever told. A story of reconciliation. A story of forgiveness. And we want to talk this week about the story of the prodigal son. Oreo, what a powerful story that is. Yeah, yeah. And uh, by the way, I just want to say that's great acting. Uh, we might have to hire you uh, for uh, future gigs and so, uh, no, but... Uh, well, I'm pricey, just so you know. Okay. <laughs> yeah, put the budget together. <laughs> Very well told, and that is a powerful story. This is a story that Jesus told in Luke chapter 15. You can read it for yourself. It is the story of the prodigal son, mm-hmm. and something that the that many commentators have called the greatest story ever told. It's a world-renowned story, mm-hmm. and it's because the, the message of the story is so powerful, 
And so we just want to basically talk about the highlights here. What what was Jesus trying to communicate with this mm. story? Mm. And uh, here's a young man who uh, asked for his father's inheritance early before he was supposed to, and went out and took took his inheritance and squandered it yeah. in a foreign country. Comes back and basically comes back crawling back to his father. Yeah, yeah. He's empty-handed. He's humiliated. Um, and I think it's it's so appealing because it's universal. We we can often identify with some of the things that he goes through, but what a low point he found himself at, you know, there in the pigsty. Um, he it has lost everything that he uh, went with, and uh, really, like you said, he's he's in fear of his life. What do you think it means there, Steve, when it says he came to himself? That you know, that's a good point, uh, and that comes right out of verse eighteen here, where it says that uh, he came to himself, and basically, this is an old way of saying that he repented. Mm-hmm. He woke up to his state, and yeah. that's really what repentance is. It's waking up to the state. It's the realization of having been wrong. Yeah. And the prodigal son at this point woke up to the fact that he wronged his father. He'd been wrong all this time, and it's the beginning of his turning back to his father. It's the be- really the beginning yes. of the restoration of the relationship with the father. Mm-hmm. And so... It's interesting here, three things are mentioned uh, yeah. in relation to him coming to himself, in relation to, to repent, and it's, and it's this. He said, I will arise and go to my father. So first of all, there's a returning back to the father who he wronged. Yeah. Yeah. And he says, and I, have, and I will say, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. He, he knew he had sinned against his father, and not only his father, or he sinned against God, and he yeah. recognized that. And this is what he's going to say when he comes back to his father. He's hatched this plan in his mind, and he says, I am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of the hired servants. He says, um, I'm going to go back to my father and uh, no longer worthy to be, be his son. That's true repentance. Yeah. Uh, he's He's going to go back and say, Dad, you know, I'm not even worthy. Make me one of your servants. Let yeah. me live as a servant. Mm-hmm. I think it's key, too, that, like you said, he he recognized he hadn't only sinned against his dad. And obviously he had. He had treated his dad badly. But he recognized, I've sinned against God, yeah. you know. And I think, uh, you know, David said in, in Psalm 51, against thee, thee only have I sinned. You know, David recognized in the sin he had committed that he's getting right with God about it in that passage. This isn't wasn't just against the people that I hurt, and he had hurt people. He recognized, God, this is against you. And I think... It's that guilt and yeah. the guilty verdict that we talked about last week. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but recognizing that, you know, there is a horizontal plane to sin, you know, yes. that I've, I've hurt people. He wronged his father. Yeah. But... There's also that vertical aspect to sin, where I've right. sinned against God. And could we recognize that with yeah. the prodigal son? You know, if I've done wrong, I've also offended God. Yeah, absolutely. That's part of repentance, I think, you know. Yes. Yeah. And then uh, another thing that's just astounding about this this story, in even in Jesus's day, as he's telling this story, this would have been shocking to his hearers yeah. because it went against every 
cultural norm of the Jews of that time, and it's the reaction of the father. He didn't react like a normal Jewish father would. Actually, a Jewish father probably would have disowned this kind of a son. Yeah. And and he wouldn't have been allowed back onto his land. He he would have been done with him. And but in, in this story here. Uh, here comes the son. He's coming back to the father, but before he's e- even gets up to the house, before he's even able to say to his dad, yeah, "Hey, let yeah. me be your servant. I'm unworthy." We find the dad standing out on the porch of the house and looking for yeah, his son. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he sees his son coming a long ways off. You, you kind of get the sense when you're hearing the story that it's it's like the father's been out there, kind of watching and just waiting for the son. Finally, he he sees him coming up over the horizon, and the father picks up his robes and goes running. Now this would have been very indignant for a man of yeah. of his standing in society yes. uh, to go running out to meet this um, wayward son. Mm-hmm. But he it's like the father humbles himself. He condescends yeah. Yeah. to go out and meet the prodigal. And he goes running out there. And what is his reaction? Mm. Yeah. It's amazing to me too, like that the son's degraded state his the way he's hurt the father it doesn't seem to matter to the father i mean obviously he's been hurt by him but he so longs for that son to be reunited with him and to for that son to experience his love it's it's the you know it's the the most amazing picture of a father you can imagine you know the best father on earth you know yeah when you not that way and when you think about the state of the prodigal uh, the the son he stinks. Yeah, his yeah. clothes are in tatters, in rags. Yeah, he comes back to his father. His his father doesn't care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, his father just grabs him in his arms. It yeah. says here, he ran. He fell on his neck and he mm-hmm. kissed him. These are yeah. kisses of love for yeah. a son who was gone and has now returned home. Yeah, didn't yeah. care that he was stinking and filthy dirty and uh, having nothing of possessions with him. Yeah. And then he goes on to withhold from him no honor. You know, he says, kill the fatted calf. You know, put, that was that animal that was held for special occasions, you know, that they they kept for a time like this. There was a a feast, there was a party that day, you know. Yeah. Um, He says, put the best robe on him. That was the the father's own robe, you know, his yeah. his most beautiful piece of clothing. Uh, he says, I want that put on my son. Bring him shoes. And you were saying earlier that oftentimes servants in those days, they didn't wear shoes. You right. know, that wasn't part of... He wasn't treating his son as a servant. To put shoes yeah. on his feet was to treat him as a son. Yeah. He, he received him back as a full son with all the rights of a son. Yeah. Sonship. Yeah. Is what the, the prodigal son received. And uh, between the kisses, the son manages to say to his father, I've sinned against you, father, you know, and I've sinned against heaven and yeah. your sight, and I'm no more worthy to be called your son. That is true repentance. He's saying to his father, I'm not worthy. And the father says, basically, you are worthy to yeah. be my son because yeah. you're my son yeah. and I love you. Mm-hmm. And he just extends mercy. He didn't have to. He could have disowned his son. Yeah. His yeah. son had sinned against him so greatly. Yeah. But he gets his own robe, has it put yeah. on this filthy young man. Yeah. yeah. Gets the ring, gets the shoes. The ring, I didn't really mention that, but the ring, like the the picture of authority that, like you're saying, he was a son. It's his signet ring. Yeah. 
mm-hmm. that that uh, he would not give to a servant or anyone else. His yeah. son gets the ring to show that he he yeah. has the yeah. full rights of a son. He basically carries the authority of the family and the authority of the father. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a it's a powerful reaction in the father. Yeah of grace and mercy. Mm-hmm. There aren't many stories out there that really portray this kind of grace yeah. and mercy. Yeah. I think it had to be unexpected. You know, the son, yeah. you know, again, his the best thing he can imagine is I'm going to go back, I'm going to be a servant. Got, mm-hmm. My dad is going to hire me on as a servant, and at least I will have enough to eat, you know? Right. And he gets way more than he anticipates than right. he imagines. Way more than he deserved. He deserved nothing, really. Yeah. The prodigal son, he he came back and yeah, he did repent and uh didn't deserve all that his father gave him. Yeah. But his father loved him so much. Yeah. Uh, he yeah. just poured out uh the riches. R- remember, this is the same son who had squandered at least a third of his yeah. uh total wealth. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just squandered it, brought mm-hmm. nothing back. Comes back in a miserable state, yeah. and the son, the father, just receives him back like nothing had ever happened. Yeah, yeah. Um, the the relationship was healed and restored mm-hmm. at yeah. that point. Yeah, and obviously, this father is like no earthly father, perhaps we know, because it Jesus is presenting a picture yes. of God the Father. Yeah. And if you go back to the beginning of chapter 15, uh, you know, Jesus is eating with, the Bible says, publicans or tax collectors and sinners, people that were known in society as mm-hmm. sinful people. Um, even in their society, there were people who were known as bad people, you know, and Jesus is sitting there eating with them, you mm-hmm. know, and the religious people of his uh, of Jesus' day are looking at Jesus and they're criticizing him and they're saying why is he eating with these people you know mm-hmm. of course uh, oftentimes the the Jews of his day were very concerned about eating with somebody who was not a Jewish person not the right kind of person it was it was a big deal to them wasn't it yes you know? it was yeah and but yet Jesus tells this story to show that God, the real God of the Bible, is a God who cares about sinners. That he receives sinners. Yes, he receives them. And expects them to bring him nothing. Yeah. The only thing that God is looking for is for sinners to come to him. Yeah. Like the Mm -hmm. prodigal son. The the prodigal son in in Jesus' story brought nothing. Yeah. Uh, But as soon as the, the prodigal son came to himself and and uh, returned to the Father. There's the Father waiting with open arms to accept him and to forgive yeah. him of all sin. Mm-hmm. And, and I love the way he, he mentions this. This is the, uh, the jubilant reaction of the Father in verse 24. It says, For this my son was dead yeah. and is alive. He was lost and is found, and they began to be Mary. Mm-hmm. And the Bible says that whenever a sinner comes to Christ and is saved, there is rejoicing in heaven. So this yeah, really yeah. is a story that pictures real spiritual truth about what actually happens yes. when a sinner comes to Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there's rejoicing in heaven, and God says, this son was dead to me, uh, yeah. but now he is alive. 
and this is cause for rejoicing. Yes, yeah. You know, Oriel, this gets back to what we talked about last week. Uh, This really ties back into the topic of guilt. Now, remember, last week we said we have this guilty verdict hanging over our head. Remember, Paul had said that the guilty verdict is was nailed to the cross of Jesus over Jesus' head on the cross. That was our guilty verdict. Yeah. Because yeah. of the death of Jesus, God the Father can just receive us back, forgive us our sins, act as if they it never happened, yeah. and yeah. receive us back and lavish all of His grace mm-hmm. uh, and love His loving kindness on us, even yeah. as sinful people. Yeah. And we can be treated as sons of God, yeah. sons yeah. and daughters of God. And I think we can all identify with the story of the prodigal son on some level, because you, you look at the, the prodigal son, he's he's discontent in the life he has, you know, and he goes in search of fulfillment and he ends up sinning. He ends up doing wrong mm-hmm. things, you know, and haven't we all done that? You know, the Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And if we're honest with ourselves, we have to admit we are prodigal. I know I am. I know yeah. I have done things that are wrong. And I know Steve has knowledge. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but we, you I know, admit it. It's true. I have. But we both know that we have. I had to come humbly back to God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Come to him and repent and say, God, I'm not worthy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Isn't that kind of yeah. the point of the story? None of us is worthy yeah. All of us are prodigals. If you're sitting here watching this, you are a prodigal. You're the prodigal in the story. Yes. God is the Father. He wants to receive you to himself if you will humble yourself and say, I'm not worthy, yeah. and receive the the, the sacrifice of Christ. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I think as we wrap up uh, with this episode, I want you to remember two things. One, if you think of God as a God who is exacting and who would never have a relationship with you, would never allow you to be close to him. Recognize that God, like we said last week, he is a God who who hates sin. It's true. But he is a God who at the same time, he loves us. And like the father in the story of the prodigal son, while we are a great way off, he rushes to meet us. And he simply waits for us to come to ourselves like the prodigal son to recognize that we've done wrong and to come to him for forgiveness. And I think so many people, Steve, have the idea of God as, you know, that he wouldn't forgive me if I came or that he would require something from me, yeah. you know, some effort, some ritual in order for me to be right with him and have a relationship but what we don't recognize is he's waiting to give us as a free gift that forgiveness. Yeah, Jesus that told peace. that story to let us know yes. that we can't bring something to God to be accepted by yeah. him because we're not mm-hmm. coming to him as servants. We're coming to him as children who are loved and, yes. ex- and accepted by grace. Yeah, and Ephesians 2 verse 8 and 9 says, mm-hmm. For by grace you are saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works. Not of works. Lest any man should boast. It's and, by faith. Yeah. And it is it is by grace, which is a free gift, and we receive that free gift by, by faith, by simply believing on Jesus. And you know, if you've listened to this episode and you long for that kind of forgiveness, recognize that God is waiting for you and he wants to forgive your sin. Uh, no matter what it is that you've done, 
He wants to welcome you into close friendship and relationship with him. And he wants to bless your life. But we have to come to our senses and we have to arise and go to the Father. And that is that step of faith where we ask God to save us, to save us from our sin and to forgive us and to bring us into that relationship with him, not by our good works, uh, but by his free grace. That's right. And how important that is. Um, we hope that you've enjoyed. And, and it, you know, if if you are, are praying about this, if God is working in your heart, if there's any way that we can help you, please email us um, at info at faithonfireireland.net. And we would be glad to try to pray for you um, and to help you and answer questions in any way that we can. Also, uh, just continue to follow the podcast. Again, we're avail- the podcast is available in audio format um, on Spotify and also on Apple Podcast. And uh, you can also find uh, these podcasts on YouTube and Facebook. Uh, so thank you for joining us for Episode 5, The Prodigal Son.